All right, if you have your Bibles there, you have a set of sermon notes. Just so you know in your program, if you open it up, there's a set of sermon notes in there, just a couple fill in the blanks with some passages of Scripture you might want to hold on to. If you have your uh, uh, smartphone, you can pull out your smartphone, go to the Bible app. As you go to the Bible app, lower right-hand corner, I believe Bonnie said there's two choices there. Make sure you pick the one that says Welcome Home, all right? Otherwise, you'll be behind. All right, here it is, everybody. Somebody knocks at your front door. Somebody knocks at your front door. You don't just open it. You you peek out the window a little bit, and you see two guys standing there with shirts and ties on holding a Bible. Do you welcome them into your home? Yes. Okay. Jeff says yes. yes, Okay. You kind of know who it is. You know what's kind of going on. It might be one of those cult members out and about. But here's another knock on the front door, and there's this van out there that says Prize Patrol on it, you know, and uh, it says something about publisher something or other, something like that. Somebody's holding balloons. There's somebody with TV cameras. They're holding this big card. It looks like a check. Do you welcome them into your home? No. Probably next-door neighbors. At the top of your notes, I have welcomed anyone into your home. And so let me just put this. Have you welcomed anybody into your home lately? Have you welcomed a stranger into your home? Sis, remember when somebody, I don't know if it was you, whoever, Janie, somebody brought a little boy that was lost home, into our home. We couldn't figure out. I don't even remember how it turned out. I know he didn't, we, our parents didn't, you know, they didn't, we didn't keep him. Somehow or another, <laughs> somehow or another, we found who his parents were, but it was kind of a chore, you know. Just brought a stranger home. Now, the truth of the matter is, is if somebody knocks at your front door, you're going to assess to see if you're going to open a door, right? You're going to assess to see who it is. You're saying, do they look like a serial killer? You're going to take a look at them, you know, and and you are really going to do, which is not politically correct, you're going to do what police officers do, is you're going to assess them, and you are basically going to profile them. If I get pulled over, everybody says, oh, this guy's harmless. But I'm sure you pull some people over as officer, and you know exactly that there's people. You're going to profile somebody before you let them into your home. And I want to ask you what you might think is a little bit of a silly question, but if you heard a knock and you peeked out the window and Jesus Christ was standing there, would you welcome into your home? And you say, Evan, that's silly. Nobody knows what he looks like. But I do have a picture in my office. I'm the only one that has a picture. It's over 2,000 years old. It's not as silly as that might seem. Because in several ways, I'd like to talk to you today about how God has been knocking on the door to everyone that lives on this planet. And I will say to you, and I'll submit to you, you judge if it's accurate or not, that we actually have proof that he's been searching this world for anyone who would open the door to welcome him. So number one in your notes, you see that I have there when God knocks. When God knocks, he does some amazing things. Number one, he knocked and a child was born. He knocked and a child was born. When a couple is expecting, before they have the baby, they're telling everybody we're pregnant. Monica, we knew that you were pregnant and the baby has not been born. I saw a bump in your belly just yesterday and we all know she's pregnant. But the baby hasn't come yet, but there's announcements out, and they kind of get really fancy and stuff like that. If God is anything like human beings, or maybe we're like him, he also knocked. He also made an announcement. His is 700 years before the birth of Christ. It's found in Isaiah there in your notes, Isaiah 9, 6. 
for to us a prophecy, 700, about 700 years early, for us a child is born. To us a son is given. We know he's male. And the government will be on his shoulders. He's the king of kings. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor. He's the one we go to in his word that we look at and we say, what do we do in this situation? How do we handle it? The word of God, he promises to counsel us. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. God has been knocking for 700 years, and then there comes this loud knock. And in a manger, a child is born. Every time somebody would pick up the Old Testament and read this passage of Scripture, God would knock. God would knock over years, centuries, whatever it is, and all of a sudden, boom, he's there. It's why Jesus, I think, was extremely frustrated. Is that you guys have had the word. You've seen these prophecies. You know this was coming. It was so impactful, the coming of the Savior, that what we're celebrating today and tomorrow is literally all over the world. Let me read you a quote. This isn't Americanized, everybody. Quote, Christmas Day is observed all around the world and Christmas Eve is widely observed as a full or partial holiday in anticipation of Christmas Day, or another day to take a day off from work, right? Together, both days are considered one of the most culturally significant celebrations in Christendom. And yet anything that God tries to do, anything that is real, there's always try to be some opposition or some, some counterfeit against it, right? People all the time, this year, every year, you see somebody, they're saying, we don't want a manger scene set up in our town and city because it is so offensive, you know, animals and a baby being born. It's so offensive. Somebody always is calling the ACLU, you know, and they're always saying, hey, listen, you know, you need to take care of this. We don't like this, you know. Then there's atheists, and they put billboards up promoting everything against it. And if you haven't heard it, I have almost every year. This year I heard it too. Somebody steals the baby Jesus out of the manger. Somebody's stealing the bait, and some young punk, probably, like probably I was, did something like that, thought it was funny. If you have any doubt that there was something that happened about 2,000, over 2,000 years ago, take a look at your calendar and try to tell me intellectually, why is there B.C. and A.C., A.C., B.C.? Why is there before Christ, and why is there... What happened that your money, your calendar, now says 2018? Something happened in history. You have to at least give that some thought. Something happened, and here you and I, we take a look at it, and we say, you know, something happened. Whatever I give credit to, something there. And there's evidence outside of the Bible, and everything I'm telling you today, people say, well, sometimes it's just circular reasoning. The Bible says it, so you believe it. Well... What I'm telling you today, every point I make to you, can be proved outside of the scriptures. Do you have the intellectual integrity to search it out, right? We tell family members, hey, we're pregnant and we're going to have a child, and then we blast it on social media, and God knocks worldwide, and he does it personally to you and to me. God knocked for hundreds of years, and then one day he knocked really loud, and a child was born. When God knocks, he does some amazing things. Number two. The second amazing thing that God did, and I don't think people much think about it, is that the church is born. The church is born because at one time the Christian church did not exist. Do you know that? Can you search that out, all you history buffs? There was no Christian church at one time. And all of a sudden there is one. What is it at one time? For thousands of years it did not exist, the church. And then Jesus Christ comes, he's born, he dies on the cross, he rises from the dead, and his followers are so convinced of it, many of them lose their life over believing this truth. 
And if you ever want to read a story or if you ever want to read the truth of what happened uh, with the early church is you read the book of Acts. The book of Acts, it starts in chapter 2. You have a couple verses in your notes there. There is this group of Christians hanging out together. There are about 120 of them. They're praying. They're waiting for God to do something that could not be done until Jesus had risen from the dead and was seated at the right-hand throne of the Father, and that is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, this passage here, this is on the day of Pentecost. There's Jews all over from all kinds of nations. They're here. They're coming back for this Pentecost day, and this roaring, rushing wind comes and falls on these Christians. It's another prophecy fulfilled from Joel, the second chapter, another prophecy fulfilled always announcing these things before and tongues of fire come and fall on each and every one of them and all these jews are there you have verse six when they heard this sound a crowd came together in bewilderment because each each one heard their own language being spoken if you were going to start something big something new a new entity it would be really nice if people from all other nations were gathered together and they could hear the glory of god in their own language Verse 7, they were utterly amazed, and they asked three questions, everybody. Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? They're not from our nation. They're not from where we are. Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. And here's the third question. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? And though you and I weren't there, you and I need to understand that the church exists today. And the result of what happened over 2,000 years ago still goes on today. You see the results. It's why you are here today. It's why your mother irritates you to death. You need to come to church. It's why your grandmother says, you need to come to church with me. I look at this and I think, you know, sometimes we're, we're so easy to say, well, here's the proof. If you had a friend you hadn't seen for two weeks, you didn't know where they were at. All of a sudden, you saw them. It's the middle of January. It's snowing like crazy, and they had a tan. You would say, you were either at a tanning booth or you were down south somewhere, and they would say, yeah, I, I went down to the Bahamas for a couple weeks, and you could tell something was different about them because nobody around here goes outside to lay out and get a tan. You only get frostbit. And so you would say, that makes sense. And so I had to ask you the question. Does it make sense to you to recognize and to realize there is an entity when God knocked on this earth, he gave us a child. The child is the son, Jesus Christ. And when he raises from the dead, he pours out his spirit and the people from all, I counted them, there's 15 different nations. That's just kind of a little OCD that way. There's 15 different nations are hearing the glories of God. And God wants to create something that you see the result of thousands of years later. What type of people are we? Do we have the intellectual integrity to say, you know, that when God knocks on the hearts of people from every nation, here it is, these Jews and these Gentiles who at one time didn't like each other, now they start to come together. And today, more Gentiles, I would gather to guess, are in the church than the Jews, but the church now, everybody, is about Jews and Gentiles coming together. Every kind of evil has tried to destroy the church. And yet Jesus said these words. Once again, you see the results. Jesus said, I will guard my church. I will protect my church. The gates of hell will not prevail. I will build my church. And here it is, exists today. So the, the Christian church is God knocking. 
and all of us should consider opening the door. He's saying, welcome home. And in the church, something exists that didn't exist before. It's the love of people who care about anybody else. And if you're in a Christian church, a true Christian church, anybody is welcome. No matter where you've been, number three, when God knocks, this amazing thing happens, and children of God are born. From uh, physical parents, we get physical children. But the Bible talks about something that is a second birth. Name it what you want. Born again, second birth, whatever it is, there is another birth that the Bible talks about. It's when you enter into his family. The question I have for you today, are you like I was for 25 years, a Christian in name only? Or have you received the gift of the Spirit to understand and to know that you truly are a Christian? Have you had that second birth? First uh, Peter, you know who Peter is. Denied Jesus three times. The Peter that was restored. The Peter who so believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. That he, tradition tells us he was literally hung on a cross upside down because that he wasn't worthy to be hung the way his Savior was. He says in uh, 1 Peter 1.23, speaking to Christians in this church, he says, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So what's perishable seed? The flesh that we all have now. You have all been born of perishable seed. This will die, this will decay, this will be gone. But there is an imperishable birth that comes that will last forever. It is eternal. And only those who have that second birth, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but there's something more. The birth of our parents it's temporary. The birth of God is eternal. This describes someone who has heard God knocking. You know, maybe not an audible knock, 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 but in some way he's impressed on us. Some way he's spoken to us. Maybe it's through somebody. Maybe through the music today. Maybe through the message. Who knows? But it's those who have heard that and they've responded. And you see, here's the thing. It says that it lasts through the living and the enduring word of God. You know, that's the scriptures. You know, isn't it interesting how many people want to destroy the Bible and yet just don't seem to be able to? I mean, we're some highly intelligent people in 2018. If I want something from the Internet, I've gone back and gotten manuals for things that don't exist for decades. It could be a car manual, how to do this, that, or a thermostat, whatever it is. And the Internet can gather all this information and give it to you, you know? Do you think God, if he wanted to, if he wanted to, could preserve a book that would give you guidance and direction and let you know what it is he expected of you so that you could spend eternity with you. I'm telling you, if they could destroy the scriptures, they would have. And trust me, they have tried. You probably know somebody who used to have only had one birth. That was me. And then when I got a second birth, a lot of my friends said, man, he's different. Well, no, really, they said he's weird, but I, I wanted to be kind, you know. And then when God called me into ministry about six years later, they thought, that's really weird. That's really bizarre. We know him. Don't give him your money. We know him. Evan's just trying to scam you. That's all my friends, all my ex-hockey players, friends like that. And, you know, you probably know somebody. Something happened to them, and they're different. They've been born of God. They heard God knocking. They opened the door. They had invited Jesus Christ to come into their heart. It's just like it says in Revelation 3.20. These are the words of Jesus Christ. He's speaking to a church in Laodicea. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. There is no greater picture of fellowship and relationship than eating with each other in the scriptures. God says he wants to have fellowship with you. So I... Just a little thought-provoking skit to ask us the question, is it possible some of the inconveniences in our life maybe been God trying to get our attention? Is it possible Jesus has been knocking at the door and you really didn't see or recognize it as that? Every road seems to be a dead end and frustrations have finally gotten to you. Do you feel inconvenienced like he was inconvenienced, wanting to do what you wanted to do, and you thought it was a bad thing. It's just that Jesus is just wanting to get your attention. He's been knocking in some way other than an audible knock. But you've been ignoring it a little bit. The scriptures clearly teach us that God knocked and a child was born. God knocked and a church, an entity that didn't exist, came into existence. God knocked and children of God could be born again. Does that describe one last thing in your notes there is since Jesus has knocked, and it's clear to all of us here today, it should be to you, what are you going to do with it? What will you do if Jesus is knocking? I'm uh, going to ask the worship team to come up, and they're going to play a song called Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is Calling. Calling, O sinner, come home. And maybe that would be for you today. But here's what I would really like to do. I would really like to invite everybody to come forward uh, as this song begins to play, as the Lord moves in your heart. Across the stage here and on each of the churches, we took the picture of a door with a wreath on it because you knock on a door, and we put it up there and put on the back side of it Christmas Eve 2018 at Lifehouse Church. I opened the door to Jesus Christ, and we put Revelation 3.20 on it. First group of people I'd like to talk to is Christians today. I want to invite you to come up and to take one. I want you to have one. I want you to just recommit to continuing to open the door to hear God as he knocks, that you will be consistent with answering that knock. And then I want to invite anybody here today. You've never been in a church. You've never gotten up. You never went up to the front, never did something like this. Do you know that when you attach an action to some thought, a decision you've made, it is much, much more likely that it will stick. So as you are invited to come, you come and take one of these. They're across the front. They're on either side over there. As you hear the Spirit saying softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. He's not trying to kick the door down. He's just been knocking. Will you come forward and take one, saying, I'm committing my life to Christ today. You move as the Spirit leads you, and all of you Christians, you lead the way.